Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Yeah, good evening and welcome to the Big Red Bench. It's Colm O'Sullivan with you until 7 o'clock on a busy Saturday of sport. Lots of action in the Premier League. We'll round that up for you in just a few minutes and a big game underway at the moment as well at Stamford Bridge, Chelsea and Manchester United. Cork City are League of Ireland First Division champions. They confirmed promotion a couple of weeks ago and they lifted the trophy following a 2-0 win over Bray and Turner's Cross last night. We'll have a reaction to that to come in just a few minutes. Talking to Colin Healy, Kean Coleman and Kevin O'Connor. Also got Camogie on the show today. We will reflect on today's big replay down in Porky Cueve. Reaction to come to that as well. And we look ahead to the football tomorrow. And also got some basketball later on. All to come between now and seven. Yeah, good evening. It is Colin with you on the Big Red Bench. We are here until 7 o'clock this evening on this Saturday evening, which has been a pretty busy Saturday of sports. A few games in the Premier League today and um, a bit of a shock earlier on, really, to kick things off, um, to say the least. Nottingham Forest getting a 1-0 win over Liverpool. Uh, So a big shock of the day uh, in the Premier League there. And then um, later on, uh, Everton with a good win. Um, 3-0 over Palace and Man City with a good win over Brighton as well Haaland not quite getting the hat-trick but he did get another two goals Erling Haaland to bring his tally for the season just in the Premier League bear this in mind he has got goals in the Champions League as well but just in the Premier League he's already got 17 league goals and we're only at the 22nd of October so bear that in mind (laughs) I mean 17 league goals for a whole season would be a decent tally in general um, you'd always talk of a 20 goal a season striker is what a team needs so Haaland's pretty much got that a uh, quarter with the way through the season so he's absolutely flying it so far and uh, of course another big game underway in the Premier League now this evening and it is at Stamford Bridge it's Chelsea up against Manchester United and it remains scoreless there uh, both teams looking to um, to move a little bit closer to the top four really they've had mixed fortunes kind of so far this season kind of up and down both teams have picked up good results along the way but had some poor ones as well but a good win for United during the week against Spurs and they'll be hoping to follow up that form with uh, a result against Chelsea here as well 33 minutes on the clock Chelsea nil Manchester United nil Obviously, no Cristiano Ronaldo for Manchester United today after his bust-up with Eric Ten Hag during the week. Uh, Ten Hag wanted to bring him on as, I suppose you could say, a time-wasting substitute towards the end of the 2-0 win over Spurs at Old Trafford on Wednesday night. And Ronaldo was like, this ain't for me. I'm not coming on. And he walked off, stormed down the tunnel uh, before the game was actually officially finished and left the stadium Eric Ten Hag was asked about it after said we'll deal with that tomorrow he did deal with it and he suspended Ronaldo obviously from the squad so he's not in the squad tonight for the Man United uh, Chelsea game but you should imagine he'll be back for next week well Eric Ten Hag has certainly said in yesterday's press conference that he will be back for next week but will Cristiano Ronaldo be at Manchester United come January or will he move on to somewhere where he's going to get game time and where he can score lots of goals because as it stands, it does not look like he's in Ten Hag's plans at Manchester United. Um, but they haven't scored yet today, so maybe they could do with them. We'll see. Uh, United nil, Chelsea nil is how it stands. Now, in Gaelic games today as well, um, there was uh, a game down in Porky Cueve, and it was, of course, the replay of the Co-op Superstores Premier Intermediate Hurling Final 
that was a draw last week uh, in torrential conditions down in Porky Cueve. But it was a close one again today. Very, very close one again today. Inescara running out victorious by just a point. It finished Castle Martyr 117, Inescara 312 in that game down in the park. So we hope to have reaction to that a little bit later on in the show. And what we will definitely have very shortly is reaction to Cork City last night down in Turner's Cross. What a night. Were you there? Were you one of the nearly 6,000 people in Turner's Cross last night? Uh, Certainly over 5,500 people there. And it was rounded off in style. A win for City. 2-0 against Bray Wanderers last night in Turner's Cross. City rounded it off in style and rounded off a great season because it has been a fantastic year for Cork City. Um, already crowned champions with their nil-nil draw against Wexford at Turner's Cross last week, or two weeks ago, I should say. And that was in the bag. That was sorted. But last night was the trophy presentation. And on Taoiseach, Michal Martin was there. Uh, Michal Martin was on the pitch afterwards, and he presented the trophy to the city captain, Kean Coleman. And it was just a great night down there. It really, really was. And the whole team got their medals, and they were celebrating, and the crowd were celebrating. It was just a real atmosphere of celebration in Turner's Cross last night and now Cork City are back where they belong they have the league title in the bag but they're back where they belong next season in the Premier Division back in the big time for City and looking forward to a big celebration night for Cork City tonight inside in Soho inside in town so um, we'll be talking to some of the players and staff on the stage and Soho there in, in well just over an hour's time really that'll be kicking off around half seven so if you are around town you're a City fan you want to pop in for that please do now we will come back to City and we'll hear from uh, Colin Healy and Kean Coleman and Kevin O'Connor in just a few minutes I was chatting to all of them amidst the mayhem on the pitch last night and amidst the celebrations on the pitch last night but first we'll round up some of the other sport across the day today and as we said, we gave you all the Premier League scores already, but in the Scottish Premiership this evening, Celtic are four points clear at the top. They beat Hearts. Sounds like a cracker of a game um, today away from home because it finished uh, Hearts. Uh, Celtic beat Hearts 4-3. Well, Rangers dropped two points today. They only drew with Livingston, one all at Ibrox. So Celtic now four points clear at the top of the Scottish Premiership. Here at home, it is women's action today and it's the penultimate round of games in the SSE Airtricity Women's National League. Um, and there are four teams still in contention to win the title there. Cork City are actually in action at the moment, the Cork City women's team down in Turner's Cross. And hopefully the pitch is in somewhat decent condition after last night because it was cutting up quite a bit last night down in the cross. Uh, due to the weather conditions all week but it does remain scoreless there um, after 51 minutes Cork City and Bohemians in that one there um, in the Women's National League but elsewhere in the Women's National League today champions Shelburne they beat Sligo Rovers 2-0 at Talca Park today that saw them go top of the table but Wexford Youths they will return to the top should they beat third place P-Mount and they're leading there as well in the first half by a goal to nil elsewhere DLR Waves lead Treaty United uh, 5-0 and as we said it remains scoreless between Cork City and Bowes um, and of course the Women's World Cup the draw for that was made this morning and the group stage has pitted Ireland against co-hosts Australia that's where it's on next year down under uh, co-hosts Australia Canada and Nigeria in group B and uh, meanwhile manager Vera Pau she has confirmed the news that Ireland's Ellen Malloy and Jessica Zhu they will miss next year's Women's World Cup so a bit of a blow there for those two players themselves obviously and for Ireland in general but they will play Australia, Canada and Nigeria in the group stages next year in rugby Leinster and Munster renewing their rivalry in the United Rugby Championship at the Aviva Stadium Leo Collins side they're looking to maintain an unbeaten start to the season and uh, Munster of course will be looking to 
uh, to put a bit of a, a dampener on that certainly and uh, we'll just try and get you a score from that game in the Munster and Leinster we'll get that for you in a couple of seconds um, but uh, obviously uh big rivalry there as well for Munster and Leinster we'll have that score for you in just a second but uh, we'll just get the uh, update on the golf as well and Seamus Power is level par through uh, one hole of his third round of the CJ Cup which leaves him 6 under for the tournament and in a tie for 17th Shane Lowry is teed off there from 7 under par while defending champion Rory McIlroy he has just resumed from 9 under and he is 5th on the leaderboard in that one as well uh, he's just two shots off the lead uh, really though being, being held by John Ram and uh, Kurt Kitayama on 11 under um, there as well um, so we keep an eye on that for you too in the golf and maybe Rory McIlroy can catch the two lads uh, just getting you the, the update on the rugby it's half time there in fact now um, in that game and it is Leinster leading by a point Leinster 7 Munster 6 is how things stand in that one alright uh, let's turn our attention back to Cork City because as I said it was an absolutely fantastic night down in Turner's Cross last night a big big night for City lifting the first division trophy for the first time it was kind of historic because it was the first time Cork City ever lifted the first division trophy in front of the home crowd at Turner's Cross they have won the first division once before in their history but it was up in Talca Park with that late late Graham Cummins goal uh, over 10 years ago now at this stage and it means that City are back where they belong in the Premier Division next season and hopefully hopefully that's the last we see of the First Division in Cork for a long long time possibly forever and great celebrations then on the pitch at full time Cork City defeated Bray last night 2-0 it didn't matter a, a damn really what the result was but it was nice to round it off in style goals from Barry Coffey and a lovely goal at the very end of the game from Rory Keating as well seal it for Cork City a 2-0 victory there again Bray and then it was all about the trophy presentation five and a half thousand fans there to see City lift the League of Ireland First Division trophy as I said the Taoiseach Micheál Martin there presenting Kean Coleman the captain with the League trophy and it was brilliant and I was chatting to Kean on the pitch amongst the celebrations at full time and he was absolutely delighted when we were chatting to him after here's Kean. Right, we're on the pitch. He has the medal on. Champion captain Kean Coleman. How does that feel? Oh, unbelievable. I can't put it into words, really, how it feels. Uh, it's been a long few years, you know, when this club went down. And look, to have this now, it's just that I've been dreaming of this, like just lifting a trophy for this club and getting the club back to where it belongs. And look, with the fans, family here, couldn't think of a better night. Unreal. I mean, we're 45 minutes after kickoff now, and there's still fans here, and you're still signing jerseys and getting selfies and everything. That moment on the pitch a little while ago, when you actually did lift the trophy, place was full, the place went wild. That must have been some moment. Unbelievable. I actually nearly fell before I lifted it so I hope that's not on video I didn't spot that (laughs) Um, no unbelievable though look the crowd is here every week packing the place out look they deserve it as much as we do the fans of the city deserve it because look they've supported us through thick and thin so look lifting that for them being from here I can't even explain how good it feels like it's unbelievable it's been a difficult couple of years for the club but this season was great I mean he led from the off only a couple of weeks here and there that you were on top I mean you were top for most of the season but we always just kind of wondering would you actually get it over the line and it must have been some relief a couple of weeks ago and then the pressure was off tonight obviously but you still wanted to sign it off with a win yeah relief is definitely the word I'd use anyway because you know I was thinking myself as the weeks went on I was like are we going to do it when's it going to happen obviously we could have done it in Galway it wasn't meant to be but look I'd rather do it with our own fans here do you know what I mean but uh, at the start of the year we set out to win the league and look we've done it and look it's what everyone's worked hard not just the players the tailors and the staff deserve a amount of credit to you know the work they put in 
doing behind the scenes everyone sees that it's unbelievable so look I just can't thank them enough can't thank the fans enough and look drive it on for next year now what has it meant being captain this year unbelievable I can't I actually can't even explain it it's unreal just tonight was I, just, I can't imagine this would ever happen like oh it's brilliant I'm just delighted the crowd were brilliant tonight the crowd have been brilliant all season I mean there was 6,000 a couple of weeks ago there was 5,500 again tonight and there'll probably only be even more next year in the Premier Division it's unbelievable support and I mean no other club in the country really has it no chance we're, we're the biggest club in the country and we're the best supporter fans like it's well we think that down here and I believe it anyway but look like you said the first division some crowds 6,000 at a home game like you wouldn't get that anywhere else in the league like in the first division so look like I said next year will be packed every week like look this club belongs in the Premier Division and look we're back there so that's what it's all about Absolutely. Kean Coleman, the Cork City captain, captaining City to victory last night and captaining the City to the league title. And he lifted that league title trophy, uh, the first division title last night, in front of the crowd at Turner's Cross. He had his medal on and everything when I was chatting to him. And there were kids and there were fans all getting selfies and autographs with him. And it was just a great moment as a Cork man for Kean Coleman. Uh, so well done to Kean and well done to all the team. Also, a big well done to Colin Healy, the manager, because... Colin has done a great job in fairness over the past couple of years he came in in difficult circumstances after Neil Fenn was sacked um, about two years ago now at this stage and you know the club got relegated then and Colin will maintain obviously and he's right that wasn't his team but he says it still hurt him for the club to go down as a Cork City fan and as a former player and so on Um, and then he had a a season in the first division last year which really was just a rebuilding season but this was the year that Cork City were aiming to get back to the Premier Division and Colin Healy did a fantastic job City were top of the table I'd imagine for nearly every week of the season I think Galway might have been top the odd week here and there but City kind of led the way the whole way throughout the season and Colin Healy was on the pitch very relaxed smiling happy after the game last night and I was chatting to him Colin has finally calmed down um, great celebrations here tonight I mean lifting the trophy in front of the crowd here on the pitch was brilliant it was listen it was fantastic um, it was a special night as I said listen it's been a long season um, and um, listen it was good to get a result as well here tonight um, but it was it was great a packed house um, yeah just fantastic it was a great night overall I mean the result doesn't matter but as you said it's nice to sign off in style isn't it no it is it is um, it is and, and to get you know to get the, the two goals and all that kind of stuff and you know uh, the first half you know I thought it was a bit flat you know, the pitch is a bit heavy as well yeah. um, but you know we just needed a goal you know to get the, get the, get the fans up off the seats and, and, we, and we got it we got it and um, no listen it, it was it was it was um, it's a good three points but it was it's a great night overall listen for the lads to get the trophy big crowd here and um, just see their you know their, their family their friends and everything which is which is which is um, which is brilliant. I mean, the place went wild there when Keen Coleman lifted the trophy. I'd say you could hear it across town. It's fantastic, isn't it? No, it is. It is. It is. And as I keep saying, is that um, it's been a tough season, um, and they deserved it. And listen, they deserve everything in what they get. They they, they have been brilliant, and you know, um, yeah, I'm listen, I'm proud of them. Um, as I said, it's uh, you know we're back in in, in the Premier League, and. Uh, yeah, it's all the hard work, you know, and it's paid off for the players. I haven't seen you smile so much all year. It's fantastic. And I mean, like, we were speaking about it a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> exactly. The job, job is done. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. We were speaking no, a couple of weeks no, ago. No, you know what? I'm, yeah. listen, I'm, I'm delayed for everybody. I'm delayed for everybody. I'm delayed everybody connected with the club, you know, for the fans. You know, it's um, it's been a tough probably two years two and a half years and you know back in the Premier League and you know it, I think the buzz is back with the club and I think it is and I think it's we're getting stronger and stronger and you know I'm delighted for you know the people in Cork really and you know it's that come, in, come out here and they're supporting numbers and it's um, it's, it's brilliant and it's even tonight with the weather and this 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 they come out and they've been like that all season yeah. and they have they've been brilliant it's still five and a half thousand tonight six thousand a couple of weeks ago uh, I mean get that here. You, get, you, you get it you yeah. get it here and I had it here when he was a player and you get it here and it's it's 
great, you know, to be the manager and for, for my players to come out into that atmosphere. It's but as a player, that's what you want, and uh, you'll get it here in Cork. You will, and it's um, it's a special. I keep saying it's a special place to play football. This club belongs to the Premier Division. It's back there now. Yes, but it's uh, it's a tough division, you know. So it's uh, and uh, you know we got to be ready for that. But it's um, yeah, it'll be um, it'll be an interesting season. It'll be a good one. So we're all looking forward to it. Talk about that another night, but uh, I suppose just for this weekend, enjoy the celebrations, and uh, it'll be a good weekend. Con. No problem. Thank you. Cheers. Nice one. The great Colin Healy, Cork City manager, and I'm sure he did enjoy the celebrations last night and will tonight as well at the club's big title celebration night inside in Soho in the city centre and Cork City champions. And what a great atmosphere it was in Turner's Cross last night. What a great season it has been really as we reflect on it. It's been outstanding for Cork City and we're hoping for a big season next year in the Premier Division. It's going to be tough because it is a big step up, we know. But Cork City have been in that division most of their history since 1984 and Cork City have won the league a few times in the Premier Division and certainly been up there for the vast majority of those years in the in the top two, three, four teams and often topping the league themselves. So we wish Cork City the best of luck again next season. But uh, that's not where we leave Cork City because I was also chatting to Kevin O'Connor and Kevin O'Connor, as I'll say to him in this interview now when we were chatting on the pitch last night, he's kind of seen it all with Cork City really because he was there for the uh, the cup win in 2016 and those days when they were challenging for the league title he actually left then uh, midway through the 2017 season just before Cork City were crowned champions himself and Shawnee Maguire both transferred to Preston North End um, if you remember that deal and uh, he missed that so he missed that in the 2017 Cup Final but he was actually at the 2017 Cup Final because I remember chatting to him at it um, and then he came back to Cork City and he re-signed for Cork City and he was there for Cork City's relegation season two years ago and then he left again and then he came back this season again, Kevin O'Connor, and he is now there winning the first division. So another medal to add to his tally. I'm delighted for Kev last night, and I chatted to him on the pitch as well after the game. So we're on the pitch with Kevin O'Connor. Great celebrations, Cork City, first division champions. Kev, a great night. Great night, great night. Long time coming, I suppose. Um, look, it's just great to get the club back where he belongs. We'll enjoy the celebrations, I'm sure, tonight. And uh, yeah, look, it's obviously great. For myself personally as well, after going back, going down with the club to get him back up to where we belong is is, is massive, you know. Delight. You've, you've now experienced it all with Cork City, FAI Cups, relegation, first yeah. division title. Now, <laughs> how does this rate with all the trophies he won? It must be up there. Ah, it is definitely, definitely. Look, when a club, this club doesn't belong in the first division. You no, know, this club belongs in the Premier Division, and you know it's huge to get him back. Obviously, I was there for the 2016 Cup Final. I wasn't here tonight. We won the league in 2017, which was a huge disappointment. So I'm going to cherish this because uh, you know it's a moment I waited a long time for and uh, to come back and win it this year is unbelievable uh, great atmosphere tonight and it has been all season the fans are still there there was thousands of them there tonight five and a half thousand again it's been brilliant really hasn't it I mean for a first division club to be putting in those crowds I know it's Cork City but it's, it's unbelievable yeah um, unbelievable look as we said when this club is going well you know the fan support is second to none you know they're the best in the country by a mile and um, look we, we probably couldn't have got through a lot of games without them this year you know home and away they've been there cheering us on away to Galway before the break the 1-0 win you know they were massive for us and, and just games like that that we had to grind out they were there and, and look we're just delighted to do it for them you know they've, they've been through they've been through a lot in the last few years as well so to get them back up you know it's as much for them as it is for us I suppose nice to round it off with a win tonight I know it didn't matter but nice to round it off with a win and the club is back where it belongs now really isn't it yeah exactly look you want to be professional and you want to you want to end the season on a high no matter what and uh, obviously it was disappointing last week in Atlone but 
you know, you want to finish the last game with a win when you're when you're champions, you know. And uh, as you said, the club's now back where it belongs. It's uh, up to us again next year to make sure it stays where it belongs and to kick on from there. So we're looking forward to it already. Find that medal and go enjoy Absolutely yourself. Well. Cheers, Colin. Thank you very nice much. One. Good man, Kevin O'Connor of Cork City talking to us on the pitch last night. You could hear all the fans in the background and another medal for Kevin as a Cork City player. Uh, the first division at this time and we heard as well from the captain, Keen Coleman and of course from uh, the manager, Colin Healy as well. So congratulations to Cork City and we move on to the Premier Division next season for the Rebel Army. It's going to be a big year and of course we will cover every bit of it here on Cork's Red FM and what will hopefully be a successful year for Cork City next season as well. Fingers crossed anyway certainly on that score uh, latest score as we said in the um, in the rugby at the Aviva Stadium it is Munster now uh, they're down to 14 actually um, they've had a yellow card there um, and um, it is uh, Leinster still leading there Leinster 7 Munster 6 is how things stand there just early uh, early moments of the second half in that game so we'll keep an eye on that for you as well and of course uh, one game in the Premier League as well today it is well this evening there's other games earlier on as we mentioned like the, the Liverpool and Notts Forest game with that shock result but um, the late game is of course the big game of the day it's Chelsea and Manchester United at Stamford Bridge and it remains scoreless in that game uh, Man United today without Cristiano Ronaldo it is Chelsea nil, Manchester United nil, and it's just half time in that match now so um, we will uh, keep you up to date on that as well over the next little while uh, now we will briefly turn our attentions to Gaelic games we've got some basketball on the way for you shortly as well and we're going to reflect on matters in Porky Cueve today because as we mentioned earlier it was the replay down there today in, in not as wet conditions they weren't great conditions all the same but they were definitely better than last Sunday down in Porky Cueve and it was the Co-op Superstore's Premier Intermediate Hurling Final Replay Castle Martyr up against Inescara they drew last Sunday as we said and this week it was another another close battle only a point in it again Inescara 3-12 Castle Martyr 117 the final score and uh, that means that uh, they won it by a point Inescara so we have reaction now Dylan O'Connell was down there for us and Dylan has been chatting to Paul McCarthy who is the Inescara boss well, Paul, congratulations. Uh, how are you feeling? It was a bit of a mad game. It was, but we expected that, don't no, to be fair. Yeah. It was a final and a replay of that. They're a pro team, good team. It was going on, it was be that way today, you know? It had to be, like, one of them. Like, uh, I suppose, what were your thoughts for the final two minutes of the game? Cast marker into the lead and the goal in the final second. Yeah, I put something in the back of my head said, if we got the ball in there or all, we big men in there, Colin Casey got the goal, Podge. Podge Holland was working extremely hard. We knew if we got one last goal, look, please, like, thank God the ball went in there and, and, and Colin Casey was around there and he snapped it and back in the night. I thought it was a brilliant man for man performance by the whole team, even the goalkeeper, John O'Keefe, but also some Absolutely. brilliant saves. Absolutely. Ah, look, we started very well, like, you know, we started very well. Our tempo was high and we dropped for maybe the third quarter there and we, 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 you know, we left them come into it. But look, I'll credit them, they threw everything at us. Um, yeah. Like in terms of like even like mentality in the, in the team, like you were, you only scored twice in the the home in the second half. Then you just kept doing what you're doing, and I suppose you got your reward. Then in the end, yeah, we weathered the storm really down. Jeez, I don't know how we did it. I, I, look, we just tell them every night in training, just every ball is going to count. Every ball has to be has to be bang on the money, like you know, even passing, passing and striking. Every ball has to be on the, on the money. Like I remember reading the Echo during the week. It was your it was your first senior men's final since 2003. So this must me everything to. Yeah, well, this club in Ascara, they've never won this chapter in 138 years. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, first final in nearly 20 years, yeah. Well, 
there's some 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 sons of some players on that day played you know spray spray that's what it's three years ago yeah and uh, it's, uh, it's just one aspect for yourself um, I suppose you're really going to enjoy it tonight now I'd say I don't know yeah yeah I will, of course look of course we go back we go back to the fans and uh, the clubhouse and uh, we see what we see what happens brilliant thanks money for that yeah. nice one Paul McCarthy the Inniscara boss chatting to Dylan O'Connell down in uh, Parky Cueve for us today uh, victory for Inniscara over Castle Martin by just a point in the end but they sounded absolutely delighted you can hear him singing in the background there now we do have more Gaelic games to come for you later on in the show we'll be talking Camogie and also looking ahead to the uh, Premier Intermediate Football Championship final and the Intermediate A Football Championship final tomorrow uh, down in Parky Cueve as well but we are going to briefly turn our attentions to basketball now and earlier this weekend um, we were chatting to Emporium Basketball Chairman Coleman O'Flynn and Captain Adrian O'Sullivan as well and uh, the Ballincollig Club Ballincollig Club I should say they've launched ambitious plans and Roar was speaking to Coleman about them and to Adrian about the start of their season as well so we'll hear a bit of this now Hi Coleman Adrian thanks very much for coming to us here on the Big Red Bench No problem at all thanks for having us uh, Coleman I might start with yourself um, like Ballincollig basketball has been around for quite a long time and now it's been a big rebrand, uh, a big relaunch with the bid to, I suppose, attracting more people from the south side to attend games and join the club. Yeah, exactly, Rory. You know, the, the club is growing, the, the sport is growing and we're just trying to kind of meet that growth, really. And thankfully as well for our sponsors who trade us central have been very good with us. Now the Emporium is growing as well. So really rebranding to Emporium Cork basketball to reflect all of that uh, you know bring in some of the, the Cork sporting culture so when we go to play the dubs it works out well for us and stick with the, the heritage of the basketball as well I suppose like traditionally like the best players have to go to the north side to play their basketball and you've changed that and want to continue to change that yeah it's, it's amazing now to see who's playing basketball and where we, we've players who are coming into teams from McCroom from Bantry from Cove and from around the south side of Cork City so they all want to come and and play and what we can give them now is the opportunity to play at, at a seriously high level in the Super League so that mm. players can either stick with their, their home club and play all the way through or if they're on the south side they can come quite local and play at a very very high level mm. Give us some of the history of the club Coleman how long have you been in, in existence I suppose and how many members do you have and all that kind of thing Yeah sure so so the club is uh, formed like the mid 80s uh, 1985 and it has really um it, it's grown very much in the last uh, couple of years. So right mm. now we're at 650 members. It's boys and girls, so it's about a you know 48 percent, 52 percent split, which is great. Yeah. And it's at the underage. It's booming at the underage. We have like 40 kids trainings at 12s and 13s. So that's been super. And for all of our time, we had played local league in the Cork League. And five years ago we saw players having to move out of, of Ballincollig to play mm. and that's where we're going now with Emporium Cork Basketball is give them the chance to stick with the home club and yeah. play. How have you managed that growth? I mean like obviously you're dealing for a lot more kids a lot more players a lot more members I mean like, how are you dealing with that in terms of I suppose facilities and resources and uh, volunteers as you know volunteers is the hardest thing to, to help run a club. Yeah it's a struggle it's a great problem to have but it is a, a struggle and we're very fortunate to have really really good coaches mm-hmm. who are more than willing to give their time to coach kids but equally coach other coaches yeah. and that allows us um, break up the big groups into smaller groups so we can work on all the skills of all the players because different people want to play basketball at different levels 
and if you get enough coaches into the system you can give them what they're looking for and Adrian have you been with the club all the way up um, I have yeah I, I suppose I was lucky I, uh, I started at a very young age uh, my mum and dad were around the club um, and my brother started when he was about seven I'd say so I was kind of four or five and I just fell into the nursery um, and I just took off from there played every other sport under yeah. the sun as well but um, you know it's just steeped within the family I suppose and um, I had a great opportunity with the club so yeah I, I was with them till I was 18 and I took off then to go to the States for a year um, and I came back then and our club was still quite a young club so mm. we had no senior team at the time so I had a decision to make whether I was going to go play elsewhere or you know go to college in the States or whatever but I, I came home and I got a scholarship to UCC so that allowed me to play with UCC Demons um, so I stayed there for five years um, and then since I've done a bit of travelling and I'm back home now so Mm. And you've represented your country as well, which is just uh, yeah, honor. yeah. It's no, it's again very lucky. Um, the, my my timing, my age group, uh, we've all been quite lucky. So the team was senior team was gone in 2009 to about 2015, 16. Um, so I was kind of coming into uh, you know my early twenties, and that was it was great timing. Um, so the whole thing got revamped, and there was a bit of money put back into it. And so since 2016, now I've been a member of the senior team, which has been brilliant. Mm. Um, and yeah, there's nothing I prefer than, than representing Ireland. As you say, um, you played every sport under the sun, but basketball is the one that you stuck with. What was it about basketball that attracted you more than say soccer? Or um, games? I it was I actually hurling was probably my close number one. Uh, with basketball but look I made car teams uh, with basketball and I kind of just took over the weekends and I stepped away from soccer first and then um, the uh, our footballers in Banacolic were brilliant at the time so mm-hmm. I got to play kind of 16s up to minors and but basketball I, there was Irish teams coming along under 16 so it was just a commitment um, and naturally took its toll and um, my weekends were spent going up and down the country and but if I would always say that if I happened to make a Cork minor team with the with the football hurling maybe that would have taken over yeah. as well you know um, but yeah so it was more the commitment stuff really and then kind of the boys that I was playing with in school and you know I was very lucky to play on uh, a lot of talented teams and stuff so I suppose winning trumps all mm-hmm. then as well you know <laughs> Exactly yeah um, Speaking of winning you've had a, a good start to the season it's early days yet but it's been a very uh, promising very solid start Yeah yeah no we're going well we're going well we lost now last week to uh, to Neptune but you know that's okay it's very early in the season Um you know, we want to play. We want to learn from last year and and play our best basketball at the end of the season. So, uh, coming up to Christmas now, we're going to try and find our stride. And you know, the cup draw, we were away to three last year, and you know, there's no two as well. It's probably the hardest place to go. You yeah. know, so we've got a little bit easier draw this year. Um, you know, that's we're not going to take anything for granted. But it's naturally away, so you know, we're trying to go and make a run for that now as well. And um, yeah, just play our best basketball towards the other end of Christmas. Yeah, and UCD Marion's come this weekend uh, at home. Obviously, you want to get as many people to your home court as possible to help you. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're playing UCD at four o'clock on uh, on Saturday in um, in BCS. Um, yeah, you're very young side, very different to last year, but the same American, but other than that, very, mm-hmm. very young. Um, but yeah, Dave. Right now, Dave, the the best American in the country, very talented. Um, so he'll be an exciting one to watch. So mm-hmm. we're looking forward to that. And Coleman, will Ballancolly Community School be your, your base going forward or are you looking for their field or how will it work? Yeah, I mean, 
thankfully with the support of the people around we're filling Ballancolly Community School now on a regular basis um, and we're getting lots of people asking can we get mm. bigger facilities yeah. so we do need to go and find bigger facilities um, I think there'll be good news to come in the near future we're working very very hard to do that and, and let pe- more people watch the games so I would say stay tuned Rory is the best, <laughs> is the best way to describe it um, You put Kieran O'Sullivan in as um, your head coach this season it's a big opportunity for him obviously but a big gamble for you uh, kind of a first year head coach going in and, and taking over the team yeah, um, I don't know what I'd say. A big gamble. Kieran know, knows the game better than anyone that I know mm-hmm. for sure, and equally knows the players. And the players really uh, click with what Kieran is trying to do. Yeah. And I think as well as we've added in talent from outside, you know, um, John Dawson, Jose Jimenez coming from Spain. Kieran can fit them into the into the schemes that we play very very quickly. Yeah. He's just got such a brain for the game. So. Um, yeah, it was great to have Kieran as as coach as we were growing, but now I think Kieran can push us onto a different level again. And Adrian, what's it like for you having the brother calling the shots? Um, well used to it. No, at this stage, I suppose. But uh, yeah, it's it can be it can be difficult at times. I suppose like is is he talking to me as him, my coach, my brother, or my teammate? Um, but look, it's just at the end of the day like we all want to win you know it's you just got to think of the bigger picture um, I don't mind I've been coached by plenty of different people whether it be the right or wrong way you know you just <laughs> I'm just I'm used to different things yeah. um, I have full trust in Kieran. you know he's, he's very experienced in what he's doing um, and I know he puts in the homework before he comes to training so you just you just get on with what it is and uh, yeah I love playing for it it's, I don't treat him like my brother when we're playing together um, or when I'm playing for him it's just that's your coach and you just mm. play the game and off the court then is obviously completely different then like. uh, yeah 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 he's still you know so the summer time is often spent playing one on one and stuff like that and <laughs> you know you're still a little brother like when it comes to it <laughs> um, but no no it's great I love it he's one of my favourite people to play for and uh, yeah. I hope that continues have you set targets for this season Adrian? Um, yeah I think going on what, what it was last year we want to we certainly want to get to a final or two if possible um, you know we did so well last year we probably took people by surprise uh, I wasn't surprised myself and that's not coming across as an arrogant way I was just playing right now with a lot of very talented people and Kieran and Kieran and Daniel and fairness to them were brilliant last year and the club themselves are putting us in a great position for us to allow mm. us to play our best basketball um, so yeah you know everybody wants to win a trophy but being realistic I think we can make it to I'd love to make it to a National Cup semi-final um, and yeah we just want to play for silverware that's always the goal um, do you set kind of personal targets then for yourself uh, yeah d- ish I wouldn't put too much pressure on myself but you know I'm, I'm one of the more experienced players in the league now so yeah you always want to be the best player on the court uh, is that realistic sometimes it is sometimes it's not uh, it's very it's very nice at the moment to play with John Dawson and Jose who yeah. are better basketball players than me um, and I'm playing with other couple of internationals as well so we have a lot of experience on a team but yeah personally you just want to be the best teammate and the best player possible um, but yeah certainly be a leader and uh, mm. you know take a couple of games by the scruff of the neck when I need to and just lead us from the front And Coleman looking more I suppose medium to long term then what are the plans for the club? Yeah so so definitely want to keep keep growing I think we're not. there's no denying basketball is a growing sport you know you look at it now and you see the NBA coverage mm-hmm. it's also an incredibly sponsor friendly sport so we're getting a lot of people coming to us wanting to partner with us which is a great problem mm-hmm. um, so it's really getting the 
keeping the club growing but also making sure that all of the boys and girls who are coming in at the younger ages are getting the quality of coaching that the likes of Adrian and other kids have gotten yeah. so that's really the challenge is find coaches and facilities to keep this growth going mm-hmm. and you mentioned sponsors as well Tradehouse Central fantastic sponsor to you over the years Emporium now uh, coming in it's, it, it's fantastic for the club it, it is super and they've been great partners down through the years and it's good for them that you know with the growth from Tradehouse Central to Mabel Lane and Carrigaline their vision clicks with our vision perfectly of mm. expand across the south side so they've yeah they've been great great supporters they we you know we need them to keep the show on the road yeah and that is the gang from Emporium Basketball, Basketball Club yeah, there chatting just, to Rory and uh, just to give you an update in the rugby Munster had got back in the lead um, with a try and now Leinster back in the lead again it's Leinster 14 Munster 13 the latest score in that game Chelsea nil Manchester United nil when we come back we are talking GAA all the way to 7pm The Big Red Bench Game on. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm oh. Yeah it is the Big Red Bench here on Cork's Red FM Chelsea Neil Manchester United nil and the latest score in the rugby Leinster 14 Munster 13 is how things stand now before we wrap up at 7 o'clock we turn our attentions to GA for the next little while and we will be previewing the Camogie tomorrow um, very shortly as well it is uh, Massars and Shandoon taking on each other in the uh, SE System Senior Camogie Championship Final that is in Castle Road at 2.30 tomorrow. But before that, we are talking to... Uh, we're talking about football and the Premier A Intermediate Football Championship Final and indeed the Premier Intermediate Football Championship Final tomorrow. Jeremy McCarthy has been chatting to Aidan to preview those games. Jeremy McCarthy is on the line to preview a big day of football on Sunday at Parky Cueve, the Bon Secures Premier Intermediate and Intermediate A Football Championship Final um, Jar, I suppose uh, as uh, all these uh, county finals uh, coming thick and fast every week uh, it's a sign of the, the club season beginning to wind down but of course uh, uh, a couple of these teams have a chance to, to extend their, their championship season and keep going uh, with a win at the weekend uh, starting off looking at uh, the Intermediate A football final Kilchanik versus Ahabulog I suppose how have these two teams uh, progressed throughout the year um, their run to the final and uh, who do you think is going to come out on top yeah, it's an interesting one, Aidan, to start the doubleheader on Sunday in Park Equive because you've got um, Ahabullock who are trying to do um, avoid a, a defeat from their previous two finals, so they're well used to contesting the business end of this particular grade. They've done very well this year in a group where they would have beaten Trump Tariff and Ballinora and St. Bar- and St. Finbars. Um, and coming through the knockout stages as well, they had to be at their best to overcome Kildare. Boherbui were one of the teams that were kind of fancy to do well in this championship this year, but they beat them as well. So they're a team, they're a farm team. They know what it's like to get to this stage. Um, they've already tasted defeat, as we said, in two previous finals. It's like it's been a few years since they lost to Granada. To but um, Kilimatra in 2018 was the one I think they would have fancied as well, but they lost out on that stage. But look, they're a team that is well able to score goals. They've, I think they've hit 15 uh, in this year's championship alone. Um, and they've got some decent players, obviously. Uh, with like Paul Ring is somebody that has... Uh, uh, featured quite heavily uh, this year in the championship and he's somebody they'll be looking to again uh, as for Kilchanig their opponents well the O'Hanlins are the names that leap off the page obviously when you're talking about them um, they've already come through a tough tie uh, as well they've faced the likes of Gabriel Rangers Adrigal um, and then of course getting to the knockout stages um, they've done quite well as well they've had a good scoring difference throughout the championship and uh, defeating Glanworth and uh, Mitchellstown I suppose was the big one for them 
in the semi-finals where they hit 215 to, to beat Mitchellstone. That shows the side again, um, you know, with a lot of scoring ability within its ranks and some a team that's to be feared when they hit their stride. So, look, it's, it's going to be very, very tight on Sunday as, a, as an opener for a, an interesting doubleheader in Parky Creeve. Ahabullock have the experience, Kilshanig obviously have the scoring prowess, but I do think that um, Ahabullock's previous experience might stand to them in this one, and I think I would expect them to edge it. It's a huge chance for both clubs, you know, to, to get that promotion into Premier Intermediate because that unlocks so much possibilities then going forward. It does, but it's also one of those grades, and it is one of the tightest grades uh, in all of the championships that the Cartier runs. Um, obviously, uh, Kitchanig have a, a lot of experience both in the football and the hurling in recent times, and they're a team that, that you know I suppose there's a bit of momentum behind them. But such as the you know the, there's only there's very very few games apart from that Mitchellstown victory that we talked about just there. There's very very few games that were actual kind of blowouts where there was big winning margins in the championship this year, and that shows not just across the board but specifically in the intermediate A championship that it's a very, very tight and a tough one to win and you need to get out of your group. Getting out of your group alone is an achievement in itself and there's, there's no easy games, cliche alert, once you do get to the knockout stages. And it is a tough one to call this weekend, I think, and that's, a, that, that's all you can ask for when you get to a county final is a neutral and when you're in the media, you hope it's a good game, you hope it's a tight game and I think that's certainly what's going to be the case. Absolutely. Uh, let's look at the Premier Intermediate Football Final now. I always think that... Um, this is the final which is maybe the most pressurised because there is so much riding on it, you know, a chance to get into senior. I spoke about this with, with Shawnee McGrath when we were talking about the hurling and obviously that went to a replay, you know, it's so tight and such a tense affair. Um, Kentark versus Bantry Blues and it's it's just, it's a huge day for, for the two clubs. It is a huge day and we're expecting, again, a massive crowd for, for, for each of those clubs. They're normally well supported anyway. Um, but coming to Barkley Creek for a county final, um, I think you could, you'll, you'll see a sea of blue and a sea of white, certainly on the day itself. Look, I mean, everyone that anyone that does anything about the Premier Intermediate football, great, can talk like they've lost the last two finals. So, I mean, obviously they want to get third time lucky. They want to get that monkey off the back. I've seen them um, once, twice this year already and they are a hugely impressive team. They're physically, they're very strong, they're very... One of the tallest football teams I've seen in a long time, uh, Aidan. You don't normally see a lot of tall teams in Cork, whatever, we're not, we're not feeding them. But this team, the Walsh brothers alone, the five Walsh brothers, Ian, Colin, Ryan, Alan and Paul. Um, and they've got a lot of uh, a lot of talent elsewhere in the team. It's a good, solid team, like the McLaughlins as well. Uh, Lorcan, of course, so people would know from his Cork hurling exploits. But Kentucky are a very, very... They're an experienced team. They're obviously motivated not to lose a third final on the trot. Nobody wants to have that hanging over their heads and I think the motivation obviously to come to Parky Creeve and not lose will drive them on I think they're going to be a very very difficult opponent to beat but across the pitch from them are a team from Bantry a team with a, a rich pedigree and a rich history when it comes to Cork Senior Football Championships which they've won on a couple of occasions in the not too distant past they've got Rory Dean um, the former Cork player as well who's been playing really really well from this year they've got a lot of young players that have come up through their minor and under 21 ranks as well and they've got a goal scorer and Arthur Coakley if they get the ball into him he could cause damage two very very well balanced teams but in terms of strength and in terms of uh, I suppose I suppose just height and strength and just physical ability Can Turk um, are certainly the team I think that will go into this one slight, as slight favourites 
Yeah, and obviously as well, uh, like a chance to, to go into uh, provincial action as well w- with a win. So uh, it really is a, a huge prize and offer. We've like Kentork have had an amazing season battling on on both fronts, hurling and football. Um, it's it, they've put in an incredible effort to get to this stage. Yeah, they have, and I suppose the dual the dual mandate for any club is a difficult one to negotiate, as as any dual club will tell you. Um, upper upper down degrades in Cork, it is getting harder and harder to be a dual hurling and football club with such demands and with the games coming thick and fast and I suppose the big thing for dual clubs nowadays Aiden, is injuries if you, if you sustain if you're a dual player and you sustain an injury especially at the group stages of the championship you could end up missing three or four matches um, and that can you know that can scupper your season and scupper a team season but Cantorque seem to have balanced it well and in terms of the football like they've had it tough they've had to beat the likes of Nave Abon and Rock Chapel these are really good teams and like to get over McCroom and they only barely did it in the semi-finals McCroom were going very very well this year by a point I think it was in that semi-final um, you know that's that's just a sign sorry that was a quarter-finals but sorry that's just a sign of a team a football team and certainly a team uh, that know what they're about and know how to get the job done. Killed the Martra uh, with the team, obviously, again, that they beat in the semi-finals and that they needed extra time to get over Killed the Martra, another experienced team and a team capable of doing, you know, uh, experience of winning at this grade. So, Cantorque are certainly a team that I think a lot of people um, are looking at this year. We're looking at at the start of the championship, depending on how the hurling went, that would be in amongst the business end when it came to the football champ- the end of the PIFC, PIFC this year and they've proven that. But, they're up against a rugged, determined, and a young Bantry Blues team that have just as just as impressively come through their their championship. I suppose the big thing that leaps out of the page when you look at Bantry Blues' performances, at their results, is their ability to score goals. They've managed to average about two goals a game, and I think if Bantry are to overcome Cantorque in this final um, at Parky Creep, they're going to need to score at least two goals to do so. But they've proven that they can do it. They've got the likes of Rory Dean, as I said, just one player that's been really playing very, very well for them this year. A young team that's coming again, you know, desperate to get back up to the senior grade. Um, but because Cantor have the experience of previous finals and the heartbreak of losing two, and because they've had more or less a clear run through the football championship, injured, more or less injury free in the latter stages, I would, I would think that they, that just just about gives them the edge come Sunday. Excellent stuff, Welcher. We'll have all the reaction to those two finals on tomorrow evening's Big Red Bench. Ger, I'll let you get back to it. Thanks a minute. Thanks for letting talk soon. Yeah, that's Ger McCarthy there chatting to Aiden about the Premier Intermediate and Intermediate A finals, which are on this weekend tomorrow down in Parky Cueve. In fact, the Bond Secures Premier Intermediate Football Championship final is Canturk and Bantry Blues. That's at four o'clock tomorrow in the park. And before that is the Bond Secures Intermediate A Football Championship final, which is Kilsh. Shanig versus Ahabulug and that's at 2 o'clock in the park tomorrow if you want to check it out hopefully <laughs> it won't be as wet down the park as it was last Sunday torrential biblical downpours for the two county finals last Sunday down there so um, no matter what the forecast is for this weekend you'd imagine has to be a bit better than that right uh, we turn our attentions to Camogie now and tomorrow sees the SE Systems Senior Camogie Championship Final taking place. It is Holder Shandoon in action. They're going head-to-head with Sarsfields. That's in Castle Road tomorrow afternoon at 2.30, the start time there. Ger McCarthy has been previewing the game with All-Ireland winner and Cork and Echo reporter Linda Mellerick. Right then, on Sunday, October 23rd, 20. 20- 
2022 at half past two at Castle Road, the SE System Senior Camogie Championship County Final takes place between Shandoon, the defending champions, and Sarsfields ahead of that absolutely cracking county final. There really is only one person to talk to. Well, one or two people we could talk to, but we're talking to one of them. She is the Echo Live.e in the Echo newspaper, one of their uh, camogie columnists. She's been covering the senior championship throughout the year. And that's Linda Mellerick. Linda, you're very welcome back to the Big Red Bench. How are you? I'm good, thanks, Joe. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. It's uh, it's a very busy time, but it's an exciting time because uh, Shandun and Sars are about to do battle on Sunday for the SE System Senior Camogie Championship. As we said, we would have seen them up close in the semi-finals uh, in very, very poor weather conditions. Who knows what Sunday's going to bring, considering the weather over the last couple of days, Linda. But let's start with the reigning champions. You've seen them up close. You saw how they battled through against the Bars team to get to this stage the last day. Um, what are the strengths of the reigning champions heading into this county final? Well, I think first of all, as you say, I, I you know, a lot of people said to me, you know, Shandun will win this. You know, the more I look at stars and the more I look at both teams, I think this game is far hard, harder to call than people realise. Um, uh, yes, look, we, we know uh, Shandun's scoring prowess up front. Uh Many have said that their defence isn't as strong as last year. Uh, I think that was put to the test against the Bars and they passed it with flying colours. Um, but at the same time, in that regard, I expect Sars to be a greater challenge because I think they'd be more attacking than the Bars were. Um, obviously, up front then, Shandun's main strengths are from their midfield up. Uh, you know, the, you know, obviously, Amy O'Connor is a, is, a, is a massive player. She's heading into this final with nine goals. Um, and I think that's key for Sars, what they're going to do there. But it's not just about Amy O'Connor. I mean, you have Lauren Holman um, playing a confident game this year, I think. Uh, Hayley Ryan and Sinead Mills are both very good hurlers. They're fast. I think what's good about them as well is that they've got great peripheral vision and they can create scores for their teams with very fast offloads. Um, so, you know, I think, I think Obviously, Shandun's forward line are very strong, but equally, I think Stars are a very strong forward line. So, um, you know, I think the test of the Bars game will really stand to Shandun. I think that was a massive game, match attentionful game. I thought they put their, they wore their hearts on their sleeve. Um, and, you know, but it's going to be a tough, it's going to be a tough challenge from Stars. I think the Shandun will go into it as favourites, but... Um, I think that this is going to be tighter than people realise. I agree with you. And I agree with you because what I saw from SARS against, let's be, let's face it, one of the most consistent teams in senior county Camogie over the last five, six years in Ascara in the semi-final surprised me. I knew they had Kleena Lynch, who was excellent on the day, and she's just one of those people that you can rely on. Um, but th- the way SARS went about their business against Inascara, Linda, you know, they're young, they're fast, they're obviously very nimble, but in wet, difficult conditions on a day when you had to grind it out, you had to be physical, you had to take challenges and make them. I had I, I did not expect that necessarily from SARS and I was surprised and pleasantly surprised. And how much will that win and the way they won, I suppose, is the question I'm asking you. How much will the way they beat in Ascara give them confidence going in against Shandun? I think they'll come with huge confidence here and I, and I think they've nothing to lose. Uh, I know they were champions in 2019 but they've been off the radar really since then um, as regards 
the expectations of them winning the county and now, and then they lost a number of players this year and, and really they weren't on our radar at all um, but they've got better and better as the championship went on and I feel there's a new resilience about them I think there's a bite and a hunger in them and there's leaders now which I felt they lacked over the last couple of years um, and against Corsi Rovers they came from behind at half time to win and against Inascara um, I mean, they didn't give up against Inascara really when when it looked as if the game was was gone from them. Um, I think their full backline are very strong. I, you know, I'm 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 impressed with with Emma Casey, Ellen Murphy, and Tara Elliott in there. You know, they're they're tenacious defenders that you hate to mark. Um, they have conceded uh, a fair a fair. They've conceded nine fifty one mm. throughout the championship, and those nine goals in the last I think four or five games. You know, obviously they're going to have to to tighten the reins there, and I've no doubt. Obviously, they are looking at that um, because you know you you know yourself. You know you can work so hard to get half a dozen points, and then bang bang two goals, and it's wiped out. Uh, so um, I think their half back line and Shandoon's half forward line will be a key area. You know, uh, again, you Shandoon move around a bit, so do Sars. But if if you're expecting kind of Maeve Mullins, Megan Sheen. And uh, uh, Amy McNamara yeah, against maybe Lauren Holm and Michelle Murphy and Hayley Ryan. I think that's a key line for both teams, for both sets of management. Um, midfield, Caitlin Hickey uh, should should reign supreme there. But again, Ava Fitzgerald and Kleena Lynch won't let her, you know, Kleena Lynch could do a job there as well. So, um I, I think as well you'd wonder with, with Sars will they start Holly Hurley I, I believe they will she came on the last two games uh, as a substitute injury preventing her from obviously playing the full uh, the, the full game but she came on at half time against Nascara and she made a difference uh, and she got a point and she made a few you know she threw herself around and I think you have you, you have great height and speed um, and skill in Sars forward line you know, in Holly Harlehy, Orla Mullins, Lucy Allen, and then you have Caitlin Sheen, who I think is a is a is a great little hurler, mm-hmm. and and she's already contributed two ten this championship, and then Ella Woods as well on her day. You know, I think you know Stars have a strong forward line if they click, and I think they'll take it to the Shandoon defence, and I think they'll push up, and and I think this is and I think this will be Shandoon's defensive biggest threat all year. Yeah, that's a fascinating insight, actually. I, I agree with you on that because, um, you know, the the experience of Shandun winning it last year for me, and as you said, it's not that long ago that Sars won it in 2019. It's not like they're new to this. But the fact, as you said, that they've been off the radar for so long, they've come good, really come good with a lot of young players and a young core of that team, along with the already established players that they have. They're a real threat to Shandun on Sunday. I'll call it before you call it, so I won't put you on the spot just by that, just asking okay. you on your own. I didn't think Sars would beat Inascara. I really didn't. But watching the way they played, the hunger that they had. No, I'm not saying Shandun don't have hunger because by God, did they have to dig deep to beat the Bars. But I just wonder about this Sars team. They don't seem to care about reputation. They don't seem to care about, you know, wet, cold, hot, dry weather. You know, you look upon a young team, you think if it's a fair weather day, they're going to play well. If it's a bad day, they're not. They've completely thrown that out the window. And what I saw the last day against Inascar, it's not like Inascar played badly, Linda. They didn't let Inascar play. Um, And that, to me, I'm going to 
to go out in a Limier. I think Sars are going to edge this. It's going to be incredibly close. But I think because Sars have absolutely no baggage coming into it, say the likes of the Bars might have had with a bit of pressure to win a county within a Scar again back in the final they've nothing to worry about all the pressure is on Shandoon but Shandoon showed last year that they could handle it but I think Sars are going to take this and I think they're going to take it narrowly what do you think? Yeah I, you know it wouldn't surprise me if they did um, my concern would, from a Shandoon perspective would be that they that, you know that the bars was the, that they thought the St. Finn bars was the final and it's mm-hmm. far from it I think they will have a based on the way the bars went out that day, I think they have a far different game coming at them from SARS. Um, Black Rock are out on Saturday again, of course. Um, uh, it's not I easy. <laughs> it's not easy. I, I'm going to go with Shandun, um, but they're going to have to, you know, they're going to have to really want it. Mm. I think if they think that they have one hand on the cup already, um, they, they'll regret it. That's very well put, uh, as ever. Uh, tactful insight and a background to all the star players that you're going to see. So don't forget, as we've said already, um, on Sunday, 23rd of October at Castle Road, an absolute epic awaits between Shandun, the defending champions, and Sars in this year's SE Systems Cork Senior Camogie Championship Final. Throwing is at 2.30. Once again, from everybody here on the Big Red Bench, Linda, thanks very much for your time. You're welcome. See you Sunday. All right, Jeremy McCarthy there chatting to Linda Mellerick ahead of that game tomorrow. And that is us pretty much out of time for this evening. That is it from me. Enjoy your Saturday evening, whatever you're doing. If you're heading into the big Cork City celebrations tonight uh, in Soho, Uh, The big celebration night with the league title, the first division league title. I'll see you there. If not, have a great weekend. Rory is here on the Big Red Bench tomorrow. And Stevie G, he's on the way next. Missed the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM.